1: The primary threat was RKG-3 grenades, like machine guns and AK-47s, that kind of thing. Small arms fire, RPG fire. Explosively formed penetrators.
0: Suicide bombs.
1: And then that's about the time that the third IED went off. And that's when another grenade comes spinning over the side of the wall. And it's at that point the IED chain detonates. There was enemy in the wire. There was all these Humvees on fire. It, it was
0: truly bullets flying from every angle that, that you could see. I open the door and look outside, and all I see is muzzle flashes. There's a guy on top with a 240. And the rounds passed right past his head. At that point, our instincts kicked
1: in. One, one pilot on the controls, the other pilot was using his M4 to engage single-man targets on the ground. You're shooting at everything. It was a fight.
0: Welcome back to another episode of The Spear. My guest on this episode is Sergeant Major Thomas Patrick Payne. Sergeant Major Payne, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate
0: it. So listeners, will um, we'll quite possibly recognize your name, uh, not long ago, about a week and a half ago from when we published this, uh, you were at the white house and you received the medal of honor and it is an absolute privilege, uh, to be able to speak to you. And, and, and I hope listeners are going to appreciate the opportunity to hear a little bit about your story, um, about the events in October, 2015 and, um, and, and some lessons on leadership and training and what have you. So again, I just want to thank you, uh, very much. And if we can kind of start, I want to ask, um, you know, you joined the army, I believe in 2002. Can you, can you, can you talk a little bit about your background and what brought you into the army?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, South Carolina native grew up in basically a small town USA in Batesburg, Leesville and Lugoff, South Carolina, you know, kind of lean on our veterans community to kind of, you know, grew me to the man I am today. And of course on, um, September 11th, uh, 2001, that's a day that changed our country. And it was, um, a strong call of service for me and that's the reason why i decided to join the military started doing my own research of um what i would like to do so that's the reason why i chose to serve as an infantryman and i chose to serve with the 75th ranger regiment and 75th ranger regiment is the united states army's premier large-scale special operations force made up of some of the most elite soldiers in the world and i wanted to serve with the best and that's the reason why i i chose to serve with the regiment
0: so you knew that from, from the moment that you joined the Army, you knew that you wanted to be a
1: Ranger? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, uh, having the opportunity to watch um, the best Ranger competition in in high school, that kind of uh, sparked my interest. That was my first introduction um, to them, and I was like, man, that, th- that looks like a fun job, and, and um, here we are today.
0: Did you ever get a chance to compete?
1: I did, yes, sir. I had a had the opportunity to compete a total of three times in the best Ranger competition: two thousand six, two thousand eleven, and two
0: thousand twelve. So, t- so you joined the army in two thousand two, um, assigned to Ranger Battalion, I believe. Shortly thereafter, um, when was your first deployment? It,
1: I was assigned to First Ranger Battalion, First Platoon ACO, and that platoon is a. Um, it's a really known well platoon because they were also on the Battle of Takagar where you had two previous Medal of Honor recipients. And all my leaders from that platoon, most of them were either Silver Star recipients or received a Bronze Star with valor. And so I've at a very early age in my career, I was groomed by some of the best non-commissioned officers you could possibly ask for.
0: Do you think that was something that was that was especially unique to, like you said, your unit, your platoon, or do you think that that's something that sort of exists across the uh, U.S. Army special operations units, uh, the experience uh, and and professionalism of those NCOs, and and you know the the opportunity for junior soldiers to learn from them?
1: Yeah, I think you can find it across our entire army. I was just in a, in a very fortunate position where I, I was groomed by some amazing non-commissioned officers in that platoon. Um, every single person had combat experience uh, Except their brand privates, um, the brand new privates The uh, brand new Ranger privates that were in that platoon And my first deployment to Iraq You, you know, kind of you know, I told my parents, I'm like, hey mom and dad every, Everybody in this platoon has combat experience I'm going to be just fine And we're, in 2003 We're part of the invasion of Iraq um, Just surrounded by Like I said, some of the greatest soldiers In, in the army
0: did you feel ready when you, um, so that deployment in 2003, you'd been in the army for only about a year. Um, but you, you know, you mentioned the, the, the experience of the people around you, did you personally feel ready when, you know, when your boots hit the ground?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, you know, our non-commissioned officers prepared, you know, prepared me for combat every single day we were trained for combat and that, that's, um, you know, that's the job and role and responsibility of a non-commissioned officer. We had amazing officers and it was, it was, it was an honor to serve with them.
0: Okay. So I think we're going to, we'll fast forward now to October 22nd, 2015. Um, can you kind of set the stage, uh, for this? What was the, what was the mission that your unit got
1: in the special operations command? We understand that based off our capability, capacity, and reach, that our partners and allies may reach out to the United States for assistance for a hostage rescue and, and that's exactly what happened in October 2015. Based off the intelligence that the Kurdish regional government received there's a compound of interest where um, prisoners were being held and if we didn't action this raid then the hostages would probably be executed due to the freshly dug graves. And it you know, then it was our duty to bring those men home. You start thinking about the army values. This was the right thing to do. Our partners called upon us to help them out, and when you think about, you know, trust and relationship, that that's extremely important. Um, and those two factors really it came into play is trust and building that solid relationship. And we had that relationship with a capable partner force.
0: Sure, the. Uh, so when, when you get the mission about, I mean, how quick are we talking was the turnaround from, you know, from the time, you know, you guys are told, Hey, this is what we got to do to wheels up.
1: So the whole, first of all, we had the, we had the capability with the partner force. And you think about the soft truths, you know, confident special operations forces cannot be created after an emergency occurred. Luckily we had the capability to action this raid. You know, we had the capability, we had a great plan. And execution is what you do best as a soldier. Okay.
0: So wheels up, um, you get on the ground. Can you kind of walk us through, um, you know, what is, what is the, what does the terrain look like at the moment, for instance? Yeah.
1: You know, so we finally get the launch authority. We launched our Bill. I happen to be the CH-47, uh, a large, um, large helicopter to Chinook. I was a chalk leader for that, for that aircraft. And when, a hostage rescue at night behind enemy lines you know it's this is something that you you know you dream of almost in a way it's um you're like wow this is actually happening and um like i said before it you know it's our duty to bring those men home Um, the pilot passes that one minute call back and that's when you make that transition from soldier to warrior that's when all joking stops and the only Way I could compare it to is like that's when it's you know, it, it's game time in a way not to compare combat to a game But that's um, that's kind of the mental shift that you you have to make and We go wheels down on our objective the ramp drops We're in a the part of the compounds in a really intense firefight right off the bat um, It's a complete brownout It's hard to see um, Due to the, the due to the dust, um, we're maneuvering to our, our assigned building. My team was responsible for one of the buildings that the hostages were being held in, we maneuver to, you know, the outside compound wall. And we hear that it's, we have a man down and that's master Sergeant Josh Wheeler, my medic informed me that he's going to move to master Sergeant Josh Wheeler and assist with master Sergeant Wheeler. And when you think about the army values and personal courage, when you're able to control your fear that's a bridge to personal courage and personal courage is contagious on the battlefield and when you think about what master and josh wheeler did that day and the rest of my teammates and you think about selfless service they put the hostages lives above their own and that's when you think about you know living the army values and how important the army values are in, in combat
0: you said that that Personal courage is is contagious. I wonder if you can kind of expand on that and 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 describe that sensation for listeners. You know, is it this thing that collectively becomes almost like an irresistible force that you that you feel individually?
1: I could say you know yes to that. Um, every man was engaged in their own unique problem set. It was really the epitome of of teamwork. What this what this raid represents. And I go back to one of my teammates. When he threw the ladder on the wall, you know, at this point our partner force needed some sp- strong inspiration and leadership, and you looked them right in the eye and said, "Follow me." It's like almost one the, something that it, you know you 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 think of it. It's it was pretty remarkable and inspiring for me, and that's when I talk about the whole personal courage just builds off one another.
0: Yeah, I think that you know, I I, I read a comment that you made that that you didn't. Um, I think you said that you didn't. You didn't feel that you were a recipient of the Medal of Honor, but that you were a guardian of it, which I really think speaks to that sense of um, team. Really, that that underpins uh, you know such an effective military action such as this under very trying circumstances. Um, can you kind of can you kind of walk through? Then you get on the ground, as you said, visibility is low. Um, what else is what else is going on? Is it is it chaotic? Is it um, is it quiet? What what exactly is going on, on, on in the compound?
1: you know anytime that you're going into a combat mission you have to have a clear mind you have to it's you have to though think about what's going on so we, we maneuver to our building we meet light resistance we're able to liberate over 30 hostages in that building and you see their faces light up some are crying some are excited um, and they realize that they're being liberated however while all this is going on there's a, still an intense firefight going on in the other building it's you know you can hear all the explosions going on um, the building's on fire there's still a sustained rate of ammunition gun fire coming out of the other building and um you know i hear a call on the radio and it's a, a teammate of mine i uh, uh, recognize his voice and um you know that kind of hit me um that's when i hit another war fighting gear that i didn't know that i ever had and he is a call for assistance for um, for additional uh, men at the other other building so i looked at my same teammate that just inspired me that the one that said follow me i, I told him hey let's get in the fight and then he said let's go and that's when we're maneuvered over to the to the rooftop of the building this is our teammates um we're, we're being engaged from the west outside the compound there's still staying ready to machine gun fire coming right below us while we're on the rooftop and this is when Um, I mean, there's smoke pouring out of the the cupola. You know, enemy combatants are initiating their suicide vests right underneath us, And we realized that we're not going to be able to gain access to the roof. And we maneuvered down and started looking for other opportunities to liberate the hostages inside that building.
0: So there were were hostages in both of the two buildings? Yes, sir. By this point, did the first group um, that you had... uh, that you had gotten out of the first building were they? I mean, did you leave them in that building? Did you, you know, did you move them back to the helicopters?
1: Uh, you know, at that point, you, um, you know, we tur- We had our partner force and their additional um, Americans that stayed with those hostages to make sure they were secure.
0: Okay. So the second building now, there's, there's an intense fight going on there. There are hostages inside. Um, you had maneuvered down to the ground and you're looking for another point, uh, a a point to enter the building.
1: Yeah. Like, and, um, you know, one of my teammates, he was, he held down the breach point all the way down to his, all the way down to his last magazine, you know, bullets were passing through his sleeves and, um, he, and then, like like I said, every man was engaged in their own unique problem set to liberate those hostages. Um, at this point, I had worked around, worked all the way around the building in, with my teammates. and I noticed uh, the same prison door that was in the other building. You know, my sergeant major, you know, kind of got me thinking. It's like, hey, what do you what do you got? You know, it's like, all right, this is what I have. You know, you still the building's on fire. You still have the same enemy machine gun fire coming. From the back of the building, from um, um, barricaded by enemy combatants in the back room. And uh, and I told him, Hey, this is uh, I've got the same prison door, and um, noticed the locks, and noticed two locks on the prison door. And that's when he told me, he kind of inspired me in a way, he's like, Hey, I've got you. And um, they began engaging enemy combatants in the back room. I was able to maneuver in and cut one of the top locks. Um, uh, bumped out past the bolt cutters to uh, a member of our partner force he ran in made an attempt to cut one of the locks but at this point you see the smoke deck that's just dropping it's hot it's hard to breathe um you know we're being engaged by the enemy while this is going on um, able to secure the bolt cutters from our partner force and um go back in the building cut the lock and push and kick the door open Tell them, hey boys, get in the fight, you know, CQB, close quarters battle. So push and kick the door open. As soon as we gain a foothold in inside the building, that's when we hear calling the radio that the building is starting to collapse. And so the building's starting to collapse, it's on fire. We're being engaged by the enemy combatants. And we have hostage inside. And now it's a mandatory evacuation to get those hostages out. And so the only option that we had was to maneuver those hostages and our partner force through the breach that we just came from. And so my Sergeant Major's basically pulling the hostages out of the back room. I'm like a third base coach pointing to the door, uh, snatched ISIS flag off the wall, stuff in my pocket and, um, notice that the, the train of hostages had stopped, you know, maneuver to the hostages, get the pulling through the breach point, get the train of hostages going. Um, you know, re- maneuver back into the building and notice, uh, you know, when the hostages have basically given up on life. And so grabbed him by his collar, pulled him to the breach point, passing him off to our partner force and um, ran in for one last check, gave the last man call. And and that's when my sergeant major was like, hey, get him out of the, uh, get him out of the other building. That's when we talked about the hostage that we had liberated out of our first building mm-hmm. that we were able to secure. So we made basically a, um, a human wall so the hostages could run behind us. And so we would have to cease fire um, because the hostages wouldn't run when we we're engaged in enemy combatants where the building that we just had came from.
0: Wow. So the hostages all get to the aircraft um, and you collapse back down on the aircraft. And is there anything else that, I mean, is there any further contact with the enemy fighters in the compounds?
1: Yeah, so that's when we're able to turn the tide on the uh, enemy combatants that were still inside the, uh, you know, the burning building. And um, that's when, um, you know, what soldiers do best, and that's, um, you know, actioning the target. And uh, and as we loaded up, after we loaded up the um, hostages on on our aircraft, and, you know, that's when it hit me for the first time. Um, The whole... You know, the, the aircraft is filled with hostages, you know, partner force. And I'm like, what did we just do? And that's when it, that's when the first time it hit me.
0: Yeah. When I, I, wanted to ask about that. Is it, when you get back in the aircraft, um, the hostages are all there. You look around, you see, you know, you see what you've just achieved. What's going through your mind. You know, what are you, are you feeling emotions? Or are you still trying to block any emotions out and you're just trying to, you know, stay focused? What's, you know, what are you experiencing?
1: You're still trying to stay focused because you still you're not mission complete until you turn you know turn the hostages over to the host nation. So as soon as we land we turn, our, turn the hostages over to the host nation. That's when um, after that our, our sergeant major pulled us in and um, he informed us that Master Sergeant Josh Wheeler had been killed in action. And um, that's when one of my teammates described the actions of Master Sergeant Josh Wheeler that day. Um, at the beginning of the beginning of the raid, you know, they, uh, our partner force was caught in the perfect interlocking sectors of fire. They were taking casualties. You know, Master Sergeant Wheeler knew it had to be done, and he didn't hesitate. He looked back at another teammate and gave the order on me, and ran to the sound of the guns. And when you think about what I said before, like selfless service, you know, Master Sergeant Wheeler and my teammates put the hostages' lives above their own.
0: Yeah, when you know, that's exactly the words the words that popped into my head when you described um, forming the essentially the wall uh, for the hostages to run behind. These are people that you've never met them before. Um, you know, you don't have any connection to them other than this is the mission, and 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 you're going to do what you have to do to, to achieve that mission. It sounds like Master Arm Wheeler um, was a you know kind of epitomized that sense of selfless service.
1: I think you do have a connection with them in a way. Um, that's it it's your duty to bring those men home it was um you know anytime our boots hit the ground we're ambassadors of american way of life and we you know my teammates and i were able to liberate the hostages you know they give them the second chance at the pursuit of happiness and and life and that's all you can ask for
0: Wow. um you know, I kind of want to, I want to ask a couple questions of, about things that you brought up. Um, you mentioned that everybody kind of on the objective is working through their individual problem sets associated with, you know, the mission, of course, but, you know, is there a challenge with maintaining a degree of coordination when there are so many individual problems that you have individual team members and, and small groups within your teams dealing with?
1: That's when it comes down to, you know, trust. You trust your teammates on the objective. You have a great relationship with our team. You know, with our teammates in a team like that. And, um, and communication is key. You know, shoot, move, and communicate. You know, just the basics. It's, it's, um, it's it comes down to mastering the basics at that point.
0: You know, you also described um, kind of this moment in the second building. Uh, when, you know, you're cutting the locks and you've got smoke, you've got, um, it sounds like pretty intense levels of, of, of enemy fire incoming. you get the radio call that the, uh, that the building is about to collapse. There's, there's, there are all these sorts of threats. Um, you know, is your, at that moment, is your mind focused on, you know, sort of problem one, then problem two, then problem three, or is it kind of running a million miles an hour?
1: Hey, it, for me you just kind of try to keep it simple one problem at a time you know solve one problem at a time and you, you, you'll, you'll get through it um you know you kind of go back to you, your training you try to have the most realistic training possible and, it, and plus it's hard um you set up training scenarios that are that are going to be extremely tough um so and that's in i think it comes down like i said before just mastering the basics
0: so does that, um, you know, you've, you've been in the army now, what, 18 years. Um, you know, you talked about how formative the experience was in your first, uh, platoon in the range battalion. Um, you know, is, is, is how important was that time? Would you say those, that first year, that first two years of your career in terms of preparing you for what would come in 2015?
1: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, my leaders early on in my career. You know they're they're part of this as well. They gave me that, you know, great foundation to build my career on, and having those, you know, great officers and non commissioned officers. It it was, um, you know, I can, you know, they're part of this story in a way.
0: What about, um, I, you know, I, I, to kind of follow up on that, I guess, then what, what are the characteristics of those leaders that you had early in your career that sort of, and the characteristics that you sought to develop in yourself when you became a leader in the Army that you think are most important?
1: Let's see here. Um, you know, one, it, it's, it kind of, one, we hold each other accountable. We try to bring out the best in one another. And we try to inspire each other both on and off the battlefield. You know, those non-commissioned officers, you know, you kind of think about the NCO creed, you know, your soldiers and you, you place your needs above their own, your own. Um, but, you know, that's important. You know, my sergeant, I mean, my NCOs were involved in my life and that's when it goes back to, you know, developing that trust and you know, that those great relationships, you know, what, you know, what cadets are doing in West Point right now, that, that matters, you know, those first two years, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but that's going to make you a a better leader in the army. And, um, you know, no different with, um, you know, our our non-commissioned officers when I first came in, they kind of, uh, you know, had a great relationship with them. Obviously it was a professional relationship, but, um, they brought out the best of me.
0: You know, this is, um, Kind of an example, I think. Of uh, you know, obviously, this mission is one of many examples um, that that demonstrate just how capable um, U.S. Special Operations Forces are. I want to ask uh, you know, kind of, in your opinion, is that a function of a culture? Uh, uh, you know, that's you know, never quit, uh, accomplish the mission. Uh, you know, professionalism. Is it a function of just the amount of training that um, that that U.S. SOF go through? Is it a function of, you know, the equipment and technology, you know, how would you sort of rank order those things in terms of what makes, you know, your unit effective when you go out on a mission like this?
1: You know, coming back to, you know, one, we trust each other and we, we trust each other to do the right thing. Um, I wouldn't worry about the special equipment and everything. Yeah. Those are great things to have, but it, it comes down to mastering the basics. Everyone, um, I can't go back to kind of like my time at you know competing in the best ranger competition you have remarkable soldiers across our force and, you know yes yeah, so, you know i've grown up in the special operations command most of my life most of my career and um you know they're outstanding soldiers in throughout the army it's not just in soft and if you want to try that you know try you'll know, try competing in the best ranger competition you'll uh you'll get humbled up really quick. You know, that verse nine during the road march, you know, how some, <laughs> some guys are actually flying with a rucksack on, it seems like. Um, so it's, uh, I'll leave it at that.
0: Well, sir major Payne, Uh, it's, it's been a privilege to talk to you. Um, you know, I guess I would like to kind of open it up with one last, um, conversation. As I mentioned to you, you know, before we started recording, um, the spear has a pretty wide listenership. Um, not only, uh, you know, at West Point, but across the Army, within sister services, and 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 really across uh, across the country, and in in some of our allied countries, with civilians that don't have this military experience. But kind of, if we focus in on the audience that when we first launched a spear was that was sort of in our crosshairs, so to speak. Um, that's the cadets at West Point, cadets across ROTC. Um, you know, is there any kind of final pieces of? You know, advice maybe based on your 18 years in the military now uh, that you would that you would give to them as they're really setting off on their uh, careers as 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 leaders in the army.
1: You know, master basics. What you're doing right now, you know, your first and second year at West Point as a cadet, it, it matters. It's giving you that great foundation to build yourself up on. And kind of uh, right now, you know, what you know. So I just recently graduated from the Joint Special Operations Senior Enlisted Academy and. Some of the new sergeant majors, you know, obviously we a topic that's coming up is having. how do you have tough conversations with with your soldiers? And that's uh, for a leader, you have to foster an environment where, where soldiers feel comfortable about speaking up about difficult conversations. You know, of course, we love our acronyms in the Army and some of the guys that we came up with, you have to tee up the conversation when you have to have trust and you have to lead with empathy and equality. And so as you go around having – you're going to have tough conversations in the army and you know, that's uh, kind of a little bit of advice that I can try to give you.
0: Thank you very much again. Uh, Sorry major for, for taking some time. Uh, it's like I said, it's been a privilege for me and, and I think our listeners, especially the cadets are really going to uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to hear from you, to hear your story. And I think there's a lot that they can, they can learn from it. So I hope that we'll be able to uh, get you up to West point to speak in person at some point soon.
1: Yeah. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spear. The Spear is produced by the Modern War Institute at West Point. What you hear in each episode are the views of the participants and don't represent the position of West Point, the Army, or the U.S. government. Be sure you're subscribed to The Spear on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app, where you can also give the podcast a rating or leave a review, which helps us reach new listeners. And if you aren't yet following MWI on social media, please find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening.